Welcome to That Psych Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. On this show, we talk about how to thrive in the sport of running, from on the road to in the kitchen to in your own mind. We hear inspirational stories from others and talk about the psychology behind it all. I'm so happy you're here and enjoy the show. As a PhD student in clinical psychology, you know I'm a huge fan of mental health. And mental health is not just the absence of mental distress, but it's also the presence of thriving and flourishing. And that's where therapy comes in. Therapy, regardless if you have a psychiatric diagnosis, is so good for you. Whether you're going through something stressful in life or you just want to learn how to grow and absolutely thrive. And that is why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be so hard, especially when you're limited to the options that are in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in my description, which is betterhelp.com slash Sabrina10. So that's betterhelp.com slash Sabrina10, and that's like the number 10. Clicking that link helps support this channel, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating if you don't fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. BetterHelp can help you not only feel better, but also just thrive in life regardless of where you're at or what you're going through. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com slash Sabrina10. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this channel. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I really need to find a new intro. I say that every single time, but you know what? Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> um, I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Andrea Willis, and I'm so excited. She's just such a ray of sunshine and so sweet and has a very inspiring story and just message to share today. So, um, Andrea, without further ado, will you introduce yourself more? Yeah. Um. So, I am currently a physical therapy student. I ran track. And, well, I didn't run. I jumped in college. I was yeah. at the University of Kansas. I was a pole vaulter. Um, and then I got my undergraduate degree in exercise science and my master's degree in sports psychology, and then continued on for physical therapy school in Atlanta. I'm originally from Colorado and kind of was an athlete my entire life and then transitioned into track my sophomore year of high school. And then I guess the rest is history for my track career. I'm not doing track anymore, but yeah, it was a great time. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Wait, I did not know you were a pole vaulter. Um, yes. <laughs> fact, I actually did pole vault for like two years in college because I was coming out of like a gymnastics um stint where I like did gymnastics forever, but I was never gotten five one. So I'm like, <laughs> It was not good. You, fit, you fit the gymnastics, the gymnastics body, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's awesome. So you have a degree not only in exercise science, but also sports psychology. I think that's so important. Obviously, I'm biased because I love my psychology, but I think yeah. that's awesome. Where'd you get your master's again? 
So I got both my undergrad and my master's at KU. Okay. Yep. So I had an injury redshirt year and then used my fifth year to get my master's as well. That's awesome. So you have a really good comprehensive background on just sports, like mental aspect of sports and the physical aspect, which is so necessary. So yes. So cool. And what do you like to do for fun? Like what are some other fun facts about you? Um, I like to play with my dog. I like to find new places to go outside and hike and eat and go on adventures and hang out with people. I've honestly been kind of into trying new sports just, just for fun, like playing sand volleyball or football or soccer, kickball, whatever it is. And that's been really fun too. Oh, that's so fun. I have a friend who's a runner and she just started to get into like flag football. And so she's obsessed with it now. So that sounds so fun. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) It's always fun exploring, but yeah. Totally. Yeah. So you got into track like your sophomore year of high school and then did it through college. But what got you into running? Like kind of give us the lowdown of your running story. Yeah. So um, like I said, I was an athlete my entire life and I just really actually got to I was a gymnast as well. And so, yeah, I know I got to I got too tall for gymnastics and a lot of people were like, Andrea, you should try track. And so um got into track and really just like excelled and took off with it really, really quickly and was blessed in that aspect of things. Um, but from gymnastics, as you probably know, like you pole vaulted, you're used to being upside down in the air, right? And you have like this really good awareness of where your body's at in space. So that was really helpful with like the fear aspect of pole vaulting, like taking that down a notch. And then also like upper body strength, because in gymnastics, like you have to be strong, like your whole entire body has to be strong. And it's, it's the same case with pole vaulting. And so there is a lot of, um, like really easy, I guess, transfer over just athletically in general. Um, but yeah. And then that was, that just kind of took off and that's where I ended up. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I know. I totally resonate with that. And I think it's so rare to find people who go from gymnastics to running. There's like a few people that I've met through Instagram, but honestly, I feel like it kind of is a good asset because I know a lot of people who grow up as runners, they're injured all the time now, just because like you're using that same muscular system, like your whole life. And yeah, it just kind of breaks your body down. But like having that gymnastics background, like you said, like spatial awareness and like that strength and that muscle is so important. And Mm -hmm. those structural adaptations are super important. Right. And then like the tenacity and perseverance that you develop through gymnastics or just like any other sport growing up, like I was a swimmer, I did basketball, I did all sorts of different sports. And like those skills and character traits that you develop early on can transfer into so many other sports. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with gymnastics, such a mentally tough sport. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't like what level did you get up to in gymnastics? So I competed level nine for two years and then started track and then stopped. So yeah. yeah, literally such we're like the same. <laughs> that's funny. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a very niche, like, you know, gymnast attracted running, but that's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a mentally tough sport, especially when you get up to those higher levels. Like I dealt with, I don't know if you did, but like a lot of mental blocks where you like would like you needed to go for a skill, but you couldn't. So your body just kind of like flailed out. I don't know if have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So definitely like overcoming those helps. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was almost worse as I got older because I knew what could happen because I had seen more and I had experienced more. And so then like that level of fear rose mm-hmm. and learning new skills or whatever it was, was 
became more of a challenge, honestly, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So after you started running, um, I guess like what races have you ran? Um, what are your current goals? Yeah. So I'm not doing, I'm not doing track at all anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually like, didn't ever do like a race. Like Mm -hmm. I was just a pole vaulter. Um, and so I mean, I competed at like NCAAs oh, yeah. and like Big Twelves and yeah, like yeah. other kind of stuff, and um, like U twenties when I was in high school and earlier on. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, That's like also, no, yeah, yeah, no, those such, are- a, <laughs> such a part of vaulting, but yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, no races is a very like <laughs> more like track meets, but that's so cool. So, yeah. have you ever experienced any like setbacks or injuries or anything while you were in track? Or yeah, so I actually had a career-ending injury. Um, oh my it God. happened. Yeah, it happened my junior year of college, and long story short, I ruptured my plantar fascia, which is basically like a tendinous attachment on the bottom of your foot. And then I tore a muscle on the bottom of my foot and then also had a heel fracture. Um, <gasps> so a happen? lot of, yeah, yeah. So a lot of different stuff. And it actually happened because I had plantar fasciitis like early on in the, in the preseason in the fall. And so that plantar fasciitis basically I mean, we, we were taking care of it. Obviously I was in the training room for like an hour or two every single day, which I'm sure you know what that's like, Mm -hmm. um, kind of going through like all of the injury rehab and that kind of thing. Um, but we didn't actually get it checked out until after I came back from, um, NCAAs indoor. And so I came back from NCAAs indoor and then got it checked out and it was like, oh yeah, everything in your foot is just messed up. So yeah. No, that's so bad. So was it like a moment that like you knew that it was like ruptured or was it like a gradual? It's really, it's really interesting that you say that because in the moment, no, I just had, I had no idea because for the longest time in my head, it was like, oh, this is plantar fasciitis and like track athletes, runners, like just athletes in general really experience this all the time. Mm -hmm. And so then I think, I think back on it now. And I honestly think that it was right before indoor season started because that was the point where plantar fasciitis is kind of a weird injury to where like when it very, when it starts, it basically hurts a little bit in the morning or like early on in your workout. And then it kind of like diminishes and it kind of goes away. So, yeah. So then when I, when it, when it got really bad, it was right before indoor season started. So kind of around the holidays and it was like, it, nothing would make it better. And it would kind of progressively actually get worse during my workouts and, um, worse during like competitions and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, that was kind of the point looking back on it now where I'm like, okay, I think that's probably the point where it tore. And then like the integrity of the foot was impaired. And so when that integrity is impaired, I think like all the stress was then going through the bone and that's what caused like the stress fracture. Oh, you poor thing. That is so much. And I'm so sorry that it ended your career. Like that must've been devastating, especially your junior year. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And well, I guess fast forward a little bit. I actually like got injections, did the whole like rehab recovery thing. And then the next year, um, I was training to compete outdoor season. So I was going to red shirt indoor season or sorry, outdoor season, then indoor season. And then, um, for that spring season of 2020, I was going to come back and compete. Long story short, I had like an infection, had to get put on some different antibiotics. The antibiotics had a risk for tendon rupture. 
and I actually retour my plantar fascia the year a year later. Um, and so then after that, it was like there was just so much trauma to the foot that it not only affected the physical aspect of my body, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually as well. Um, yeah. just because of everything that happened. So yeah. Oh my gosh, that must have been devastating. Yeah, it was difficult, but I think the Lord really just kind of like brought me through it. You know, if I, I think I had so many resources at the tip of my finger that were, I mean, I went to the University of Kansas. It's a very high level institution. Right. And I had so many resources yeah. at my disposal. Right. And yeah. I used all those resources, but it really was at the end of the day, like my spiritual salvation was mm-hmm. what brought me like full healing from this. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk more about that a little bit more about like how you incorporated faith into that recovery and just like, I guess your faith journey, your background and how it's impacted this. Totally. Um. So I guess during my injury, I have always been the type to, I mean, being an athlete, I've had injuries, right? But this is the first injury where it really, really took me out because I was in a cast and then I was in a boot and like non-weight bearing for 12 weeks. And it was like, it really like took me out of commission. Right. So this was the very first time where I really had to reach out and ask for help. But then because it was such a long recovery, I'm sure a lot of athletes can relate to this. It, when it, you, yes, you're going to heal physically, but then you start getting in your head. Right. And you have this psychological aspect that starts to take over. Um, and I think the very first thing that athletes notice is you get like separated from your teammates and you're not doing everything that your teammates are doing and you have modified workouts. And as a really high level performing athlete, like nobody wants that. Yeah. So then you get this like separation from your teammates, you get this isolation and then you start to fall into different like mental health diagnoses, right? You get like depression, anxiety, insomnia, whatever that, whatever that is. And so um, I started noticing those things and I had never noticed that, that before in my life. And my injury recovery actually wasn't very straightforward. So initially they missed the stress fracture. Um, so oh they got God. everything else. Yeah. So the prognosis wasn't the prognosis and the way that they were, I guess, rehabbing my foot wasn't completely accurate to, because there were so many things going on at the same time. It was like, the recovery for the plantar fascia was different than the recovery for the stress fracture. And Mm -hmm. so then you have to combine the two, which presents a whole nother challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then they miss that stress fracture. And I was frustrated for the first like two or three months because I'm like, what is going on? Why is my foot not getting better? So then I thought I was doing something wrong. And as a high level athlete, you work really hard. You invest so much time and energy and money and your whole life revolves around sport. Right. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, that, um, when you're an athlete, I look back and think about this and I'm like, my entire life revolved around what my sport was, right? Like I went to bed because I had morning practice and my, the schedule of what I was eating, when I was eating and where I was going was all dependent on like what workout I had that day Mm -hmm. and then how I was recovering when I was going to the training room, what my class schedule was. I mean, even early on, it's like, okay, when's practice? This is my block of practice. I have to schedule class outside of that. And so you think about that whole aspect and that's where we kind of create this identity around sports, right? Because it is our entire lives. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. Um, 
sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. No, uh, please. This but- <laughs> is what the podcast is for. <laughs> yeah. So then you start to have like the psychological impact, right? Because you're like, whoa, my whole schedule and my whole life is changed because of this injury. And then um, if you kind of have an unexpected prognosis and things don't go right, I was seeking resources when it came to the actual physical recovery. So I was in the training room. I was seeing team physicians. I mean, I was at KU, so I was seeing team physicians from like Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City Ballet, like some of the most prestigious doctors in the country. And then I had like one of the best sports psychologists in the country that our sports psychologist is on staff at KU. So I'm like, I'm taking care of myself physically. I'm taking care of myself mentally. And I still just cannot break how I'm feeling. Right. And I still just like had this identity and consumption of like, I am injured and I can't do what I love. And that was the point where I'm like, where's my identity lying? My identity was lying more so in my sport. So it basically a little bit further along had had injections that had failed, had had rehab that had failed, had been pretty much it felt like I wasn't an athlete anymore because this injury was like everything that I was like, I was non-weight bearing. So I was rolling around on this knee scooter and it was like, Oh, that's the girl with the knee scooter. Like she's just been injured for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I remember I got to like a very, very low point and my teammates would like go and travel and they would do their competitions and I would have to stay back. And I was in my apartment by myself. And so I fell into a spell of like depression and isolation and I had really bad insomnia and I thought I was doing everything that I needed to do in order to break that. Yeah. But then it got to the point where I remember laying in my bed, crying, just like trying to pray to God, like what is happening? I don't know why this is happening to me because I was at the point where I wanted to vault professionally. Like I wanted to do track professionally. And um, I just like broke down. And the only thing that I remember is like, I just uttered the words like help, like God just help me. And it was like hours and hours and hours of this. And then it finally got to the point where, you know, those little like charm bracelets that you get as a little girl and you put like all the little things that you enjoy, like your sports or like a ballerina or like, I don't know, your favorite food or like whatever it is. So in my head, sorry, I'm going to get some water. (laughs) No, go for it. <laughs> Honestly, me too. Let's take let's take a sip. <laughs> yeah, let's take a sip. <laughs> Hydrate or dehydrate, y'all. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so basically, um, I got to this point where I like envisioned in my head this charm bracelet, right? And then this charm bracelet broke, and all the charms fell off the charm bracelet. And all that was left was like, it was, it was like really weird. This is very like, I guess, imaginary. And like, it was just like this vision, but, um, the charm bracelet broke and all I saw was like a gold cross. And that was the only thing that was left. And in that moment, I just like the Holy spirit really just moved through me. And like, I had just this sense of like peace and that this burden was really lifted off of me. And in that moment, I was like, I have to give this to the Lord because everything that I am doing, like I was talking to like my sports psychologist and they're like, you can't white knuckle through some of this stuff. Like some of this stuff, you just kind of have to surrender and let it happen. And so in that moment, that's where I really realized that my, I had to reach full surrender to Christ 
really with my identity and what was happening in order for me to get through this. And so that was really where like a switch flipped. And after that, I actually, so the sports psychologist I was working with um, at KU, basically like I got into the the master's degree. And so she was the um, director of the whole program. She's like, yeah, take your GRE before the end of the year and we'll get you in the program. And then at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to be a sports psychologist because that mental aspect of injuries is so important. Um, so then I guess going more into my like career path and that kind of thing. Um, I did my master's degree and I just like missed the aspect of physical healing and anatomy and the human body just like intrigues me so much. And I was like, holy cow. And it was just like this realization that the Lord gave me, like, I can really help heal people through the mind, body, and spirit. And that was kind of like, where I had like that spiritual salvation. I went through that sports psychology degree and then like now, like almost done with physical therapy school. And I'm just so thankful, like looking back for the journey and everything that happened. So yeah, it was a long answer to your question, but. (laughs) No, I'm very happy that you shared that. Oh my gosh. There is so much to unpack there. And I can totally see how God like I mean, everybody says, you know, God works everything together for your good. It's in Romans, like it's in, it's a Bible verse and it's one of my favorite Bible verses. But a lot of times when we're in those moments of just despair, it's so hard to see and so hard to identify. And so I do think the Lord blessed you with that vision of like, this is the charm bracelet and the only thing that's left is me. And now you took this really awful, terrible time in your life and you're using it for so much good. Like you are literally using it to bless other people with your story, with your expertise and with the empathy that you gained from this. And so I just think that's phenomenal of how you really took the situation, surrendered it to God and showing like, wow, look at what God can do out of a situation that's so terrible. And that is the goodness of him. And it just is such a beautiful story. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, And that's like at the end of the day, if anything's going to come out of a story or anything's going to come out of hurt and heartbreak, like I want it to be for the glory of God. Yeah. And James one talks about like the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And I think that the Lord puts us through certain things because of, because he wants us to become all he's made us to be right for sanctification to become more like Christ. And sometimes it does take situations like this. And I think people can have this perspective that like, Oh, that means that God isn't good. Or like, why did he give me this really, really hard and terrible thing? And it's just because he wants us to be to become everything that he has created us to be. And sometimes it does take a wake up call because I was at this point where I was performing really, really well. And I was at the point where I could have made this sport my entire life, but that's not what God wanted for me. And it really did take like me getting broken down to this point of, I don't have anything left. And all I have is to surrender and say, like, help me God. And looking back on it, I would not be who I am if that didn't happen. And so even though it was like one of the hardest things I've ever been through, it shaped me into who I am today and like how I can impact his kingdom. Absolutely. Amen. That is so beautiful. (laughs) And um, yeah, I just think that's so amazing how really like it has shaped your identity and you have shown that like a lot of times like we try to power through things ourselves like 
we try all the things of this world, right? Like PT, a sports psychologist. It's like, yes, those things are great and they're assets to our recovery and they're necessary. And it's not like you can do everything in the world to get better. But if you don't have that faith, it's not going to work out. And so I just think that's a really beautiful testament to like, wow, this is what God can do. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. So what does your faith look like now? Like how do you continue to bring God through or bring glory to God through what you do in your sport and everything? And yeah. So something that has been really, really cool, like since that is that I have had just this fire and this passion for the Lord, because like I was saying, like I mentioned before, um, I would not be who I am and I would not be here today if it wasn't for him. And so then in my mind, it's like, why would I not do everything for him because of the sacrifice that he made? And so, um, I think now the Lord has been progressively like putting more things in my heart. So now like, leadership and service and gratitude and humility and like all of those things that are the fruits of the spirit like ever since that injury it's kind of interesting like yeah I'll wake up every day or every other day and like say like the fruits of the spirit to myself and I was like what is something that I can be better at when it comes to the fruits of the spirit and how can I do that and so um when it comes to actually like glorifying God now, I'm like a leader of a small group. And I think it is kind of, I think it is a little bit difficult when you go all over the country and you experience like different kinds of kinds of people and interact with different kinds of people. Sorry, my dog just jumped over. <laughs> no, you're fine. I've got an email too. We got be real over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it was also like while I was still at KU, I had one of my teammates. I remember I was biking and he was biking, he was injured. And we were both sitting there and he's like, how do you do it? Like, how do you still have a smile on your face when you've been injured for so long? He's like, I have been injured for half as long as you have. And you are still like impacting people in a positive way. I still see you and like your light shines. How do you do that? And so in that moment, it's really cool because then how you present yourself, even though it was like really difficult. It was like, this was after I kind of had that like revelation. I'm like, it's Jesus. Like there's no other thing but Jesus. And so then being able to share his gospel and to share him to other people. And like, now he's a believer and it's just such an incredible thing that when the Holy spirit is in you, like you can glorify God in anything. It's not like one specific thing, right? So it's everybody that you're interacting with, whether that's like at the grocery store or whether that's in the physical therapy clinic or that's in school with my classmates or anything like that. Like there's always an opportunity to glorify and magnify all who God is and who he, like what he did for me. Absolutely. And I think that's another beautiful Testament is that when you do have the Holy spirit within you and when you do surrender to God and just let his love fill your life, like you glow so differently. Like you absolutely, like it's noticeable. And like, even like when I first logged on with you, I'm like, wow, this girl is full of the Holy spirit. Like I can just see it in your eyes and just like, you are just such a light of Christ. And I oh, think that, yeah, of course. And I think that's like, so it also is a way that God is give like, is sharing his love through your hardship too, because you were able to show people like, Hey, I can be happy and I can be injured. Those two things can actually 
not be like, they're not mutually exclusive. Like right. I'm all for like, you know, and not but statements like you're yes. injured, but you're happy. Like, yeah, I'm injured and I'm happy because I, I have the Lord with me. And I understand that like, when you do have your identity in Christ and when you do hold yourself to that and let yourself be just full of the Holy spirit, an injury and something that damages like your career or your belief trajectory in life, that's not going to break you because that's not where your identity lies. And so I think that's an amazing Testament right there. Thank you. Thank you. And I think too, that it, it translated into my school. And so physical therapy school is not easy at all. And I think it is so easy to fall into like, I am a student because I'm in class from eight to five. Right. And then I come home, work out, eat dinner, and then it's whatever, seven o'clock at night. And I have to study all night. Yeah. So it is so easy when something consumes so much of your time to fall into making that your identity. Mm-hmm. And I think it re- like you really do have to make an intentional decision to make it about Christ, which can be so difficult, especially as high level athletes or with like your career. And so I guess for me, it was blessing that that happened before physical therapy school, because I know a lot of people fall into the identity of like, being a student, like being a professional student, right? I mean, essentially like at this high level of like education, that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And then like translating further into career, it's like, okay, doesn't even matter what kind of career it is. It's like, are you doing this because like you're putting your identity in your career or because you have the intentionality of being like of ministry through your career? Mm-hmm. So I think it really is about perspective and having that perspective shift and that perspective change can really make all the difference when it comes to where your identity lies. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to follow up on that too. Like, how do you balance that? And, you know, cause we do have to get certain grades as students and you do have to perform to this expectation while also holding your identity to Christ. So like, if you, like, how do you, you know, how are you just like, oh, I'm going to achieve highly, but also my identity lies in Christ. So, you know. Yes, I totally, totally understand where that, where that comes from. And I think where I found myself, like it, I'm not going to lie. Like when it was early on in school, like I wasn't spending as much time in the word and I wasn't like listening to podcasts and I wasn't like investing in as much time, I guess you could say, because I literally didn't have it. Mm -hmm. So that was where it kind of revealed, like, where does your faith lie? Like when it comes to your your actual surrender and your actual trust in God, that's what was tested in that time. Because it's like when you have these big exams where your grade is on the line, right? Like you can have such high levels of anxiety because you're like, I have worked so hard for so long for like this one moment. Am I going to worry about it or am I going to let the Lord like carry me through? And so, um, yeah, even in, even in that season, like that was something that, tested me in that way just because I had to put my trust in the Lord and like to continue to move forward. And it's like, he's always taken care of me. And so then looking back now, it's like that increases my faith because I was tested. Right. So like going back to that, it's like when we have trials and temptations and testing throughout life, I think now I kind of have the perspective that it's a blessing because I know that the Lord is working through me in that way in order for me to become stronger in my faith. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some ways that you always remind yourself of your identity in Christ or, you know, you don't fall captive to that, I guess, like, you know, you don't really lose that or how? Do yeah, you- I think I literally go back to that moment that I had in college where I had nothing like I was that's the lowest point I've ever been in my life. And the only thing that was there for me is Christ. And it's like, I don't need or owe anything except for that. And so I think that is, that's what helps me keep going and continue to have that faith because I know that he was always there for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was what was there for me when nobody else was or nothing else was. And so I think I just have to continue to remind myself of his goodness and his faithfulness in the moment where I had nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what would you recommend for people who maybe are looking for their identity in Christ and don't know where to start? Yeah, for sure. I think one through prayer, I think prayer is extremely powerful. And through that prayer, you can have people into your life. Or you can put yourself in different situations. Obviously, like going to church is going to be really helpful. Like being bold and asking for help. So like, even if it is in your injury, like, okay, I'm struggling mentally, like reaching out to like mental health professionals. It's the same thing for like spiritual guidance. So putting yourself in situations where you're going to gain that. So whether that's like going to church or reaching out to like FCA at your college or your high school or anything like that, or, um, I don't know, like following people like you on Instagram, like whatever that might be. Um, I think that there is great opportunity for spiritual growth through community. Um, And so I think that's something that is very important. Spending time in the word, the word of God is hugely important and can be super, super impactful. Every time I read through the word, I pick up something different. And I think because, and I think it's because I'm going through a different season of life and my perspective is different every single time that I go through it. And so I think not underestimating the word of God, not underestimating prayer and not underestimating community, because that can be something that really propels you forward in your faith. Yeah. Those are all great points. And, um, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and I do think community is so big because often, like you said, like when you pray, God will put people in your life that you need at that time and God speaks through them. And a Absolutely. lot of times you have those God moments. And you're like, wow, like God is so real and he's so working and he's working through this person right now. And so um, just the way that like he like once you open your eyes to like what he can do, you see him all around in your life. Like it's just oh, yeah, it's amazing it's beautiful it's wonderful and you just your whole perspective changes so totally 100% I totally agree yeah absolutely so what would you say um what's I guess are some words of wisdom you've already given so much wisdom on this this episode (laughs) yeah but um what advice do you have for those right now who may be dealing with like a really bad injury and they just feel stuck they feel sad of course you know if you are experiencing symptoms of clinical depression or anxiety please seek out you know a help from a psychologist or a social worker or a mental health expert um yeah but you know and aside from like asking for help and everything um I guess like what are some words of encouragement you have for those who are injured Yeah. So something through my injury that was really impactful is John 11, like Lazarus death and through that whole thing, it really reveals that Jesus 
personal and that our God is a personal God. And I think that is so important to recognize because I think when, I mean, when I was in that point, I felt like sometimes it was so hard to reach God because I was like, God is so big. And it was hard to make Jesus like so close to me. Right. But when you read through John 11, 11, John 11, 35 specifically is Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. It's the shortest. And I think like one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, because it reveals the humanity of Jesus and that he really did experience all like human emotions and human struggles. And so I think reminding yourself that like Jesus is not just like this God or like this power, right? Like he's your friend. And so when I, like I said, I'm kind of like a little bit like imaginary, I guess you could say. But like when I read through that whole book, like it really rested on my heart. And now when I pray or when I'm like really going to God, like I imagine either being embraced by a hug by Jesus or like Jesus, like sitting on a bench, like just putting his arm around me because he is my friend as well as my God and my savior and my King. And so I think when we have that perspective shift, like that can be really cool and important and actually like seeing Jesus and God, like really integrated into our lives. Um, So that for sure. And then also like not being afraid to ask for help, right? Like you were mentioning before, um, seeking out those resources can be so beneficial and doing it early on, because especially if it is like a long injury recovery and physical therapy, like we screen for these psychological like diagnoses, because when it comes to your mental health, people can, people can't see it. People can see your physical health, right? They can see the cast on your leg. They can see like the split on your arm or whatever it might be. But when it comes to your mental and your emotional and your spiritual growth, people cannot see that. And you have to be the one to like really reach out and say, these are the things that I'm feeling and I need help with this. Mm -hmm. And so I think people, you know, there is a stigma around mental health and people hesitate to reach out because it's like you're seen as weak. But what do you do when you have a physical injury, right? Like you go to the doctor. If you have something going on mentally, like you seek out mental health resources. And so I think if we have that perspective, like that can be something that's super important. And then going into a little bit of like the physiology of pain, we perceive pain in the brain, right? So you have like somatic or bodily sensations that ascend into the brain and then our brain perceives what's going on in our body and then descends and sends out an an output of okay what is going on and so when we have these mental health diagnoses we our brain chemistry is altered when our brain chemistry is altered our brain perceives things differently and so when when our mind is not healthy and our mind is not in a good place our physical healing is really actually impaired and great, great ways. And it can actually cause major setbacks. And so I think a lot of athletes are like, I'm going to get better physically. And they go in the training room and they go to their physical therapy or they go to their doctor's appointments. And then they get frustrated because they're like, why am I still hurting? Why am I not healing? And so a lot of it can be like this mental or emotional aspect of healing. And then like one more thing that I think is pretty cool, your pain. So basically you have like a bunch of ascending tracks of like sensations in your body and your emotional 
your emotional pathways and your pain pathways actually run right next to each other Mm -hmm. in the spinal cord and then crossing over in the brain and all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes when it is such a long injury and it's, and it has like an emotional impact, sometimes you can have a physical sensation of pain when it really is an emotional trigger Mm -hmm. from trauma that is going on the body. So I think that's something that I didn't realize until I was in physical therapy school that like your body is weird and cool and amazing. But I think it's also like being in tune with, okay, is this something that I'm experiencing physically or emotionally um, or mentally? And like being able to detect that. And that's something that sports psychology can really help with is like identifying these thoughts and emotions and like giving you real skills to help in those moments. Yeah. 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 No, I am so happy you brought that up because that's like my whole, I don't know. I do research on the mind body connection and all sorts of pathways, but you were like touching on exactly like what we teach our like patients. And so, um, I just think that's so, so important in that, like, if your spiritual health is bad, your mental health is bad. If your mental health is bad, it's going to interfere with those pain pathways. You are going to perceive things as more painful. And also if you are somebody who likes to shove things down and you don't like expressing your emotions and you don't ask for help, it actually makes the pain worse because yep. instead of focusing on your mental pain, you focus on the physical pain. And when the more you focus on it, the more it's going to hurt. So yeah, I'm so happy you brought all of that up. And I think those are beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. Well, you have just offered so much great advice and so much wisdom and just joy from the Holy Spirit today. And I'm just so grateful that you came on the show and thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It really is an honor. Oh, thank you so much. And everybody, I will link if people want to connect with you. Do you have an Instagram that I could link or? Yeah, my Instagram is just like my first name, Andrea underscore. And then Willis, my last name, W-I-L-L-I-S. I can like send to you. I don't know if you want to. I got it. it. I follow you. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. So I will link her Instagram below and um, you can connect with her there. But thank you again, Andrea or Andrea. <laughs> it's okay. Bye. Yeah, of course. <laughs>